Hello, welcome back to my podcast. It is me, Jeliza King, and today I'm here with my mom, Evelyn Roman. Hello. And my sister, Jill Jeffers. Hi. And today we're going to be talking about my mom's journey through cancer. Okay, mom, can you tell us more about, like, what happened in the beginning? In the beginning, um, I started feeling sick a couple of days before... April Fools in 2018. Um, I just thought it was from work because I've been working a lot. I thought still I was catching something. And then on April Fools, um, I noticed that my tonsils were getting swollen. So I went to the doctors a couple of days later and they told me that I had tonsillitis and um, they put me on an antibiotic for 10 days. So 10 days went by and the antibiotics didn't work and it was just getting worse. I couldn't eat. I barely could swallow anything. It was just getting bigger. Um, So I went back to the doctor, told him the antibiotics didn't work. So they gave me another antibiotics with a steroid. A couple of days later, I just started doing research and um, everything was just pointing to cancer because I had tons of waters before and it didn't feel like it. And my body just felt different. It's hard to explain how my body felt, but I just knew there was just something different. So I went back to another doctor and I let them know that I think I had cancer. They're telling me that I'm 30 years old and I'm too young and healthy and it it couldn't be cancer. So they sent me to another doctor and that doctor also said the same thing and said that I had tonsillitis. So they put me on another antibiotics. So went through that trial then I finally, they sent me to an ear, nose, and throat doctor. And um, they looked at my mouth and they noticed all the antibiotics wasn't working. So this is like four months past now. And I've been fighting with this. And um, so the ear, nose, and throat doctor wanted to admit me in the hospital so I can get it, the antibiotics and steroids through IV. So that was for 12 days. So by the, I guess the, I say the 10th day I was in there, they noticed that the antibiotics wasn't working, so they wanted to remove my tonsils. Now they didn't want to try to remove tonsils in the beginning because they said at my age, to remove tonsils is a lot more hard and painful for adults. It's better to get them when they're kids. But at this point, I didn't have no choice. So as I was, Getting ready, prep for surgery. They put me to sleep. This was um. Trying to remember the day. It was July. It was July nineteenth. I remember like clear. It was July nineteenth. Around one o'clock p.m. I woke up. July 20th 
in a different hospital in a different city. I'm from Lancaster, and the hospital I woke up in was in Philadelphia. I was still intubated, confused, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't find out later to that day that the doctors finally came in after they took the tube out out of my throat because I was still intubated. Um, she finally came in and told me that I had cancer. It was It's a rare cancer. It's tonsillitis cancer. They didn't know what stage I was in or anything. So that was my first journey. That was the first time I found out I had cancer, which I knew all along, but for them, that was the first day they finally told me that I had cancer. So how did you feel um, to know that you believed that you had cancer, but how did you feel like knowing that the doctors didn't believe you at first? Well, it made me upset because if they would have called it on time earlier than what the stages was when I was, I wouldn't have to went through chemo or radiation. They could have just done a quick surgery, but by the time that happened, by the time they finally diagnosed me with cancer, it was too deadly and too dangerous for them to do surgery in my throat. So you said after that you were in the hospital and stuff. Um, did you get in contact with your family and tell them what was going on? My mom, my mom was there, and then when they rushed me to Philadelphia, and the only reason they rushed me to Philadelphia is because when the doctor cut my tonsils open to try to remove it, she seen the tumor, and I was bleeding too much, and they didn't have the right equipment there, so they had to rush me through ambulance while I was put to sleep to the hospital. So everybody, all that, my whole family was called, and they were rushed up there, but I didn't wake up to the next day. Okay. Okay, so you said you were admitted to the hospital. So, you have kids, right? Yes. How did, um, were you the one to tell your kids that you had cancer? Yes, I was. And how did they react? Well, my daughter started crying, and they thought I was going to die. So, it was very hurtful to see them so sad, but I was trying to convince them that I was going to be okay because I knew I was going to pull through. And how about um your toddler? How did you feel like when you found out that you had um cancer and you just had a, a toddler? Well, at that time, I was hurt because I was breastfeeding at that time and that was a bond between me and him that I was doing faithfully every day. And um, it's sad because he really didn't know my voice. Like, this ain't my regular voice. This is the voice that I have after cancer. So the voice that he knows now is not the voice that I had when I first had him. So it, it, it was hard in the beginning because he was just a newborn. Well, he was a couple of months. He wasn't just a newborn. But it was so hard to do daily stuff and being sick. So, can you tell us, um, can you continue from where you left off and saying how you were admitted to the different hospital? So, the hospital in Philadelphia, after they told me I had cancer, I stood there for four more days because they wanted to make sure the bleeding was under control in my throat. Um, but then I had to keep going back to Philadelphia 
every couple of days to see an ear, nose, and throat doctor up there so they can specialize in me to see if they can do surgery. But after a while, they figure out that the surgery was just too impossible and I, I could have lost my life on the table. So they asked me if I wanted to do cancer treatments up in Philadelphia or down here in Lancaster. And I chose Lancaster because it was a lot driving back and forth, back and forth, and a lot of money and everything. So I started doing my treatments down here. Mm -hmm. So... Okay, Jayla. So, can you tell us about how you felt personally when you first found out that your mom had cancer? Um, I was like, um, like surprised and scared and sad because people usually die from cancer and like it scared me. And so, like, I, like, I try to, like, stay strong for her and, like, not cry. So, your mom told us that she was in the hospital a lot. How did you feel, like, during, like, her being in the hospital and you being here at home not being able to see her? Um, I was scared and... It was sad because I couldn't, like, come over to her room and see her because she's not there. And she's at the hospital. And, yeah, I just met, I just missed her really much. Okay, so, can we talk more about what type of treatments did you get? Well, as of, um, first I had to get a feeding tube put in because they said I would need to do radiation and chemotherapy. And the radiation, it can stop my ability to swallow. So on August 11, I started radiation. Radiation, I had to do intent, I had to do high doses of radiation, which was 38 treatments. That was Monday through Friday for 38 weeks for 15 minutes a day. And I had to do four chemo sessions. And that lasted for at least four, I did say four to six hours, I think that's what it was. So can you tell us how... Like, what type of tolls did both chemotherapy and radiation take on you? Well, the radiation was brutal. Um, since the radiation had to be on my throat side, it literally burned my whole skin on my neck and on my cheeks, some of it. It looked like I had third degree burn and it hurt really, really bad. The radiation damaged my whole inside of my mouth. Um, I could not swallow. And it was just nothing but damaged tissue in the inside. And the chemo, um, the chemo was hard also. It, I was like, my blood pressure was low. 
it made me feel weak, tired all the time. Um, my blood count was low. It took basically all my vitamins for me. I was losing a lot of weight. I lost all my hair. Um, I was sick all the time. I couldn't really be around nobody. Nobody could really be around me because my immune system was so weak. Um, so you said you know I could really have been about around you. So can you tell us like about your toddler then? How did like you and your toddler interact while you were when you came back home? Um, it was hard because he really couldn't be around me. I tried my best to have him around me, but it was just hard, especially the days that I just came home from a a chemo session. Um, but I live with a lot of people, so they all helped out with him. So, was, like, that the main challenge you faced, like, coming back home was, like, not being able to interact with your son and your daughters? Yeah, because I missed them a lot. I was really sad and depressed. Okay, Dylan. Can you tell us about the challenges you faced at home? Um, well, I couldn't... The one was that I couldn't be able to, like, tell my mom stuff, like things that I did well or that I didn't do well and um every time I came but she came home every time I came home I had to wash my hands make sure my hands were clean so like she either doesn't get like more sick or doesn't get like yeah like um and uh, I also like I couldn't do things for her we like, can't really spend time together because she had to like stay in the room to like get healed up and stuff. And um, I like can't really do anything with her. Was it also challenging having to be able to watch your brother all the time with your sister? Yeah, um, yeah, because, like, I don't mind watching him, but, like, he is kind of crazy, and, but I love him to death, and, yeah. So the most challenging part was not being able to see your mom. Yeah. Okay, Dula, can you tell us about how... You try to help your mom at home, even though you face, like, all those challenges? Um, well, I tried helping her by, like, getting her whatever she needs, and, like, if she needs to go to the bathroom, I'll, like, help her get to there, because she couldn't really walk, and, like, um, I'll, like, help her find her clothes, or help her get into the shower and stuff. Like, or get her, like, food, carry food boxes up for her, and, um, yeah, just get her 
whatever she really needs. Okay, so now can you tell us about your steps to recovery? Well, after my um, treatment, after my treatment, um, I just had to rest up and heal. And um, I didn't go to any physical therapy or speech therapy until I say a month or two after I was trying to heal a little bit because my neck was really bad. So, how many times did you go to these doctors? Um, I can't. It's I'm still going to them now, so I don't can't tell, I can't give you an exact number. It's it's a lot. One doctor. I basically see a doctor every day. I go to physical therapy three times a week, speech therapy two. Then I have to see my cancer doctor every three months to get tested to see if I'm cancer free or not to and get blood work um, because I needed a blood transfusion and um, iron put in me. So yeah, I, I see a doctor's a lot. And this is after all your um Treatments. Treatments, yes. Yeah. So, can you tell us about when you first found out you didn't have cancer? Or where you were cancer-free? Um, June, January 5th, 2019 is when I found out I was cancer-free. And how did you feel? I feel good. Jilla? How did you feel when you found out that your mom was cancer-free? I was happy, like so happy, because like, even though I can't do a, do a lot with her because she's still in pain, but I can like, like, I know that she doesn't have cancer anymore, so like, yeah. So what was the first thing you did after you found out you were cancer-free? I jumped up for joy. And cried. So, even though you were um, cancer-free, what challenges did you still face at home? Well, I'm still on the feeding tube. I still cannot swallow or eat anything. Can't even sip water. Um, I still am, like, sluggish. Um, meaning, like, it's, I still have, like, low energy. My immune system is still low. My blood count is good. Um, but because of the treatments and everything, my neck, it's stiff. Um, so it's hard to move my neck around. My jaw cannot open fully. Um... Daily challenges are, it's even like brushing my teeth is a daily challenge. I have to use a baby toothbrush because I cannot open my jaw. Um, when I go outside, it's hard because I can't drink water and I get dry mouth so quick. I have to carry around a, a barf bag because I can't swallow my spit, so I have to spit in something. Um, 
daily routine. It's like, can't just go downstairs and make something to eat. I have to feed myself and feed myself. It could take two hours and crush up medicine and to put it in my feeding tube. It's, it's a lot. I'm still going through a lot. Just because I'm cancer free does not mean my battle is over. I'm still fighting. So, how do you think that this psychological experience changed you as a person? Um, it definitely made me realize that life is definitely way too short. And I appreciate a lot more stuff. Like, even when I just want to spend a car ride with my kids and they don't want to because they don't realize I just want to spend a little bit of time with them. Or watch a movie with them. You know, it's just the little things because I know how hard it I, it's been going through cancer and all that. So, it, it, it opened up my eyes a lot. I'm much, I try to be more, more patient with people, more understanding. Um, I've been trying to do good for other people, especially that has been going through what I went through. And so, yeah, it, it has changed me a lot. Okay, Jayla, so how do you think that this experience has also changed you? Um, it really changed me because, um, I like, I feel like, uh, because I've been strong with my mom, and, like, um, not crying as much. Like not to make, like, not to make her sad or anything, and or like, I it made me um, feel like that my mom is a brave, um, brave person, and she like is a hard, like he never, like he didn't give up. She still kept fighting. She still is fighting. Okay, so do you have any last words about your journey through cancer? Um, I'm not glad that it happened to me. But I'm grateful that I'm still here. Um, it is tough. I, I wouldn't want to wish it on my enemy. Um, but anybody who is going through cancer or had been through cancer or anything, I just want to say keep fighting. You are not alone. And um, if we keep our spirits high, we can get through it. Even though I'm still going through a lot right now. They thought I was supposed to be recovered with everything by now. But it just doesn't work like that for everybody. So I know one day I will get back to 100%. And whenever that day is. So I'll just, I'll just be grateful that I'm just still here. Because a lot of people do not make it through cancer. So I can say I'm one of the lucky ones.
Do you have any last words, Jayla? Um, that I am grateful that my mom made it through cancer because I wouldn't be able to do anything without her. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was tough sometimes, but we got through it, and I wouldn't have done it without everyone who helped me. Okay, thank you ladies for all, thank you ladies for everything, and thank you, especially mom, for telling us your story. So, just want to thank everybody for being with us today, and today we learned that life is too short, so cherish every moment, the good and the bad, and cherish the people around you, because when things get tough, they're going to be the ones who have your back. This is Jeliza, and this is my podcast. Thank you.